0: Welcome to this week's edition of Eye of the Swarm, your deep dive into anything and everything Yellow Jacket Athletics. We're with our engineer, our KUWS Sports Radio duct tape, Elliot Swery, the Big Sound, Matt Johnson. I'm John Garver. And uh, two weeks in a row, Matt, real games. I know. That's crazy.
1: <laughs> you know, it's weird. It's paradoxical because I feel like there's a lot happening and there's also not a lot happening. Right. All at the same time. Well, there's, um, there's a lot happening. Yeah.
0: It's just unfortunately that some of the a lot happening leads to nothing happening.
1: Yeah. <laughs> If you can make sense of that, if you can make you're sense of that of the then because... start doing Sudoku in the
0: paper. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> I mean cuz between all the cancellations and games that we're supposed to be having, that's one thing. <laughs> but it it feels like a lot happening, but also nothing's happening because right. you and I both had the rug pulled out from under us on broadcast front a couple times now. Yep. Especially just this last week. So yep. it's a very bizarre kind of sensation to be like,
0: I have a game. No, I don't. I have a game. Well, no, well, I don't. And you start planning ahead too. You look at the week ahead, you know, cuz we had last Sunday and Right. I had uh I just left tennis that we hosted for the season opener there, and I'm like, okay, we have a game Monday, nothing Tuesday, two hockey teams are playing on Wednesday. Looks like two ba- or basketballs, both basketballs playing Thursday, two hockey's playing on Friday, and then Saturday is track and field and tennis, right. softball, volleyball, two basketballs. And then you start getting through, like, hey, there's no basketball on Monday. And, yeah, exactly. You know, no, basketball both got postponed on Thursday. Then the women picked up another one. and on the short hop. Yeah. And yeah. so <laughs> you get to Friday, and it's like, okay, I'm looking at the clock. I know teams are testing right now, so they'll determine if teams are going to play today or tomorrow. It's... Well, from
1: broadcasting standpoint, it's really distracting, and it's even worse for the players. Yeah, which I really feel bad for them. I, mean, I feel awful. for We them. can sit here and complain about it, right? You know, from our perspective, because it is mm-hmm. a problem for us, but it's a bigger problem for them. So I feel just horrible about how this is all going. But it, it is yeah. what it is. I mean, you no, know? and
0: I mean, no, no team has been affected more than men's basketball, and right. we'll yeah. have Greg Polkowski and Josh Reinerton here in the next segment to talk a little bit about that. But the. Uh, the shining light for them they finally got to play a little bit they picked up a couple of wins yeah they played real well i yeah. was i was
1: really impressed with how they played considering, considering everything yeah because they, they, they've but, had now five postponements and a cancellation in there yeah and we'll talk more about that cancellation in a moment here as we go through what happened last week but holy cow Yeah. i mean you know picking up a couple of wins under the circumstances that they've had to deal with right. i'm pretty i was pretty happy I was, with I was,
0: that. i'm i'm happy for them thrilled for them but yeah. impressed with because the, included in all that, that there's quarantine in there, There's, you know, you may not be practicing, you might be practicing in small groups. It, it's been really hard for them to get into any kind of rhythm. It's a really fragmented way to go about it. Yeah, it really it. Yeah. is. So it, it makes the two victories they got this week
1: all that more impressive and, to me. Yeah, and we'll talk about those wins now. They picked up, like John said, their first two wins of the season, defeating Crown College 77-74 to and their long-awaited home opener. That home opener was supposed to take place in early February against <laughs> Northwestern in a game that still hasn't been made up, um, and you know it feels yeah. weird to say that their home opener might be their last home game, <laughs> right. but that that's what the situation was. They defeated Crown seventy-seven to seventy-four in their quote-unquote home opener. Last Saturday, the twentieth, that was a game that I was able to broadcast. It was a fun game to broadcast. It was
0: a fun game to watch.
1: Yeah, it, it was know, an enjoyable really game. Well. And they also picked up a win on the road against a game in a game that I'd never thought might take place. Right, based on how it, how it had gone down. But they finally played Martin Luther after two post moments. Defeating the Knights 86 to 78 on Wednesday, February
0: 24th, so uh, two days ago. I'll apologize to Greg in the next segment than <laughs> I, I did on Twitter, but I, I felt so bad. I saw the tweet because was like... <laughs> I'm doing my postgame show on Wednesday, and I'm doing the out of town scoreboard, and and you know we we make sure we, we talk about any superior teams that right. are playing, in addition to what's happening in the conference. And when I glanced at the the live stats a couple times for basketball during my broadcast, with the with the, the way it was laid out they had the Martin Luther logo and then the high score oh. and then the low score and then no logo. So I thought, okay, well, they couldn't get our logo to load within that system. That can happen sometimes. But their logo was next to the, the 86. So I thought, oh, okay, they must have won that one. And then as I'm, <laughs> I, I tear down my gear after the broadcast and I start looking at things, I go, wait a minute, we won that game. And I just said, we lost that game. I told everybody who was listening that we lost that game. So (laughs) I I felt the need to immediately... Take to Twitter and apologize that. To, the, to the coach that. and the team, and uh, well, also as long as and nice. also do it here, and I'll probably do it on the air tonight as well. So <laughs> I, I feel really bad that I misidentified them and uh, gave them credit for a loss.
1: Well, I mean, it just—I it, feel like it just follows right in line with the kind of the, the messy situation that we're all in right now. I don't think that they were
0: completely offended by it, but well, if I don't say anything, nobody knows I did it. <laughs>
1: Right. Yeah you know yeah, exactly. Because it's
0: not like they were listening.
1: No, well, right. Yeah, it's just sort of like, you know, droning through another post game, but yeah. Um yeah, I mean I, I watched that game. It's you know what going to these two games and we'll get into the summaries in in just a second here. Those two games against Crown and Martin Luther were eerily similar in how they unfolded. I mean the final scores were different mm-hmm. and the margin of victory was a little bit different. But it was eerily similar as to how, like, the second half unfolded and what happened on the stretch and all that kind of stuff. So we'll get into this here. Uh, against Crown, the Jackets led it by 12 at the half, which surprised me. I thought that Crown had come in playing eight games, and we had played two. One with our full team. Right. Because that game against North Central, I don't really count that, just because, I mean, seven guys. I mean, we had – that felt like more like a scrimmage to me. Sure. But anyway, uh, Jackets opened up a 38-26 to 26 lead on the Storm at the intermission and then came back from a pair of one-point deficits that were really brief. In the second half, made some big, strays, big plays. Excuse me, down the stretch to pick up the win. The Jackets shot forty-eight point three percent for that game against the Storm, while Crown shot forty-four point three percent. Jackets had four players scoring double figures, um, led by Eli Vogel, who had twenty-two points, six for eleven shooting for him, six for eight from beyond the arc, and he was hitting
0: some of those from deep. Yeah, there was. <laughs> I mean, I you saw had, that you were down there. Yeah, I think he had two or three, and I and Carter Brown had one as well. That, that I was think, really deep. Those were good in the NBA. Yeah,
1: those were NBA. They rings. were yeah. really out there. And he also had four out of five from the stripe. Joseph Ferenholz had a nice game, the he sophomore, didn't. 12 points, six for nine shooting. He's shooting the ball well, overall. Suleiman Gaye came off the bench. He uh, had a nice game for the Yellow Jackets, did most of his damage in the first half, but he ended up with 12 points, four for eight shooting in the game, three for four from the stripe. Mason Ackley had 10 points as well for the Jackets on five for nine shooting. I felt like Mason really kind of set the tone. He scored the first four points for the Jackets, and then from there they pretty much felt like for the most part were in control of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, Crown had a couple of, of moments where they came all the way back and took a brief one-point lead in the second half, but – Jackets came back made some big plays late. Javon Walker, who we didn't talk about, but had a big game. He made a big three-point play at the end. That really kind of sealed the deal. So,
0: And then the steal. And then
1: the steal at the end. Yep, yep exactly. Because uh, Jackets uh, uh, were not in possession for the last possession of the game. They did not have the ball. Crown did. The Yellow Jackets picked up full court. And Crown didn't even get a shot away to try to tie it up because Javon ended up uh, stealing the ball away. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Um, he he. He's gonna be a player. He's gonna be a player. He's gonna be yeah. a player. He's gonna be a very good player against the Yellow, against Martin Luther. Excuse me. Yale Jackets took a forty three to thirty five lead into the intermission again before overcoming again a pair of one point deficits in the second half and made some big plays late in that game. That was a game where the Jackets uh, got some big plays late, for, especially from Eli Vogel. Hit a big three in there, and uh, Joey Barker made a couple of big free throws in there. Javon Walker as well. Um, Vogel ended up with twenty eight points in the game. UWS shot forty nine point one percent while the uh, Knights shot forty four point six. On those twenty eight points for Eli Vogel, eight for thirteen shooting, five for seven from beyond the arc, and seven for eight from three. He or from he's the it right now. Yeah, he's he's really feeling it. He gets his feet uh set and his shoulders square, he's gonna usually knock it down. Walker, Javon Walker, the freshman from Texas, nineteen points. He was seven for nine from the field, hit two three pointers, and also went three for six from the stripe. Joseph Ferenholtz, another nice he game had for him. Six steals, too. Yeah. He had six steals. Yeah. And he he handled the ball really well. He he's he's gonna be a player. Mm-hmm. Uh, Farentholtz, 11 points, 5 for 6 shooting. And Joy Barker, again, 10 points, 2 for 5 from the field, 5 for 5 from the stripe. And he had a three-pointer in theirs, too. So, um, yeah, it was a nice nice all-around game. Yeah, nice all-around game, balanced scoring across the board. Uh, they had an additional game against Northland College that was scheduled for last night as we taped this on a Friday. Canceled due to COVID-19. That's the first game they've had outright canceled. Um, there's a bunch of them in the queue that are on um, postponement, but... Um, that's the first one that they've had outright canceled, and there really wasn't any other choice. I don't
0: think in that in that game. Well, you're Was starting there? to get up against the the wall now. Of when are you going to get them in? Right. Yeah. You know, with the with the conference tournament looming next week. Right. You really only have one day where you're going to be able to get any kind of makeup games in. So I, I think you're because I I know on the the women's side, Northland's also having issues issues there as well. Yeah. Women's basketball, three
1: and four now overall, two and three. And the UMAC they had a wild and wooly week themselves. Um, split two games, defeated uh, Saint Scholastica. That was the upside of the week, uh, fifty-seven to forty-eight. And that game took place way back, not this past Wednesday, but the Wednesday before that,
0: Thursday. Yeah, it was the Thursday or game. Thursday. That's yep. right. I'm
1: sorry. I'm. let see. I'm getting all the days are all messed yeah, up. Yeah, the days are all messed up. Uh, They're only a meeting in the bridge battle series with Saint Scholastica for 2021 last Thursday at the merch. Um, beating the Saints by nine before falling to Finlandia last night in a n- nail-biter, 67-65. T- to 65. That was a game that the Yellow Jackets picked up on the short hop. We'll talk more about that in a moment here. But against Saints Scholastica, the Yellow Jackets led 11-10 to 10 after one, 33-26 at halftime, and just 44-42 to 42 after three before I was going to the Saints, 13-6 to six down the stretch to uh, pick up their 16th straight win in the series. So congratulations on that one. Jackets I haven't lost them in more than a decade now. Wow. Last loss dates back to January of 2011. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy when you think about it.
0: That- I I know in hockey we had a stretch like that with them. Okay. Um I want to say it it spanned there like 52 or 55 games. Okay. And it was it went essentially from 1992 until 2007. Okay. It was a really I think you long and I stretch. Talked about that, yeah, too. it was I a really like long stretch that not on here, but in your office. Yeah, a really long stretch against Saint Scholastica.
1: Jackets uh, shot 37.3 percent for that game against Saint Glasgow. while well, the Saints made 27.8. So a lot of shots missed in that contest. Like I said, the 16th straight win for the Jackets over the Saints. Haven't lost since January of 2011. That's so crazy. It's over a decade. Kaylin Christian, 15 points for the Jackets. She was 5 for 13 from the field and 4 for 6 from the stripe. Brighton Kukowski, freshman from Hermantown, who's having a really nice year. She's been one of the bright spots this year. Ten points for her, four for six shooting, and she was two for seven from the free throw line. Uh, They were supposed to play a game last night, again, taping on a Friday, against Northland. That game was canceled due to COVID-19 protocols, but Coach Zach Otto-Fisher and the ladies picked up a game on the short hop. They jumped on a bus and went up to Hancock, Michigan, to take on Finlandia in their second non-conference game of the season. I think that'll be it for the non-conference for the Jackets this year. Against Finlandia, the Yellow Jackets losing 67-65. to UWS trailed 14-13 after 1, 33-29 at halftime, and 48-44 to 44 after 3. So it was a back-and-forth game, very tight. And it was a weird game because Finlandia had a working margin between 4 and 8 for most of the game. Jackets just could never quite get back over the hump. Uh, Uw, UWS shot the ball okay, though, 44.3% when the Lions, made 41.5%. Kaya Davies, one of four jackets in double figures, 14 points. She was 6-for-14 from the field, 2-for-3 from beyond the arc. She also had 7 rebounds. Kalen Christian, 13 points. She was efficient. Four for seven from the field, three for six from beyond the arc, two for five from the free-throw line. I know her. She's going to be upset about that free-throw number. Ellie Leesstrom, 12 points. She was five for 11 from the field, while Brighton Kukowski also had 12 points, five for six shooting and two for two from the stripe. So, I mean, several players had nice games. They just couldn't quite get over the hump, though, against Finlandia, and it was too bad because uh, – happens
0: like that some nights, though. Yeah. You just yeah. can't.
1: You know, I mean, they were right there. They had several chances, especially late in the fourth quarter uh, – uh, tie the game, or even possibly take a lead. They had one last shot at it when they were down by two. I thought, got a good look on the baseline. The shot just didn't go down, and, you know, Finlandia rebounded, and that was basically it. Mm-hmm. So that was the week that was. They've got a game coming up tomorrow, hopefully. Hopefully. And the men, too, but we'll talk more about that in the final segment. Women's hockey is now 2-2 two and two overall, 2-2 two and two in the WIAC. They lost a pair of games last week. They fell on a couple of Wednesdays. <laughs> so we kind got to differentiate our Wednesdays here. That was what I was thinking, I think. When right. Well, yeah. Yep. They lost to UW-River Falls way back. It feels like way back now. It was. Wednesday, February 17th at Westman Arena. 4-1 to was the final against the Falcons, first loss of the year. And then they lost this past Wednesday, the 24th, to UW-Eau Claire 2-1 at Westman Arena. They also had a game against River Falls that was scheduled for Friday, canceled due to COVID-19 protocols. So uh, two games in a 10-day span, I guess, right, for the ladies. Against UW-River Falls, Tessa Jordy scored... UW's only goal of the game, 11-24. The first period on assists from Hannah Magnuson and CC Hayes. The Jackets route shot 33 to 11 for the game. Mackenzie Whalen made 29 stops. Tessa Jordy scored the Yellow Jackets only goal again against Eau Claire in the second game on the second straight Wednesday. This time on an assist from Amber Heidenreich at 15:30 of the second period. And the Jackets route shot 41 to 10 with Mackenzie Whalen again getting a start and goal and making 39 stops. They're supposed to play tonight. This afternoon. This afternoon. Excuse me. They were supposed. Again, it's all messed up. Um, they're supposed to be playing this afternoon. They actually left at 9.30 this morning to play that game. You're right, 2 p.m. against Eau Claire, but we'll see how <laughs> that turns out. Right. Men's hockey, they're in the same boat, 3-2 yep. and two overall, 3-2 and two in the WIAC. Split two games last week, again, way back on Wednesday, February 17th, filled the UW-Stevens Point five to 5-3 at KB Willett Arena in Stevens Point before downing UW-River Falls to halt the two-game losing streak 2-1 to one, this past Wednesday at Hunt Arena in River Falls. And they also had a game canceled in there. The return matchup with uh, UW-Stevens Point was to, play to be played at Westman Arena last Friday. That didn't happen. Due to COVID-19 protocols against Stevens Point, the game that they actually got in, the Jackets got goals from Levi Cudmore on assist from Colton Bates and Will Blake at 8.17 of the second period. Then on the power play, an unassisted tally from Lawson McDonald at 10.59 with Chad lopez scoring the Yellow Jackets' third in final and final goal on an assist from counter Hammonick at 15-26 of the third. For the game, Stevens Point held a 30-26 edge in shots with Oscar Swenson making 25 saves. I got a chance to actually watch that game. I thought they played okay. Um,
0: it's, it's difficult when you give up two goals in the first five minutes, though. Yeah, they They, they had a miserable start. Uh, first shot of the game ended up going in. Um, and it, that's 21 seconds. And, right. you know, Coach McKenna in our pregame interview was actually talking about not having to chase the game. Right. And when you give one up 21 seconds in, you're basically chasing the game. And then before it was five minutes old, it was two nothing. And it's, it's very exhausting. Yeah. To have to come from behind and you get it to two, two and have a power play late. And then the real backbreaker was the The shorty, the goal that no, the goal that Steven's point scored in the final minute of the second period. Right. Yeah. You know, they get that power play goal with under a minute to go. That was a real backbreaker. 'Cause you go from the momentum of we just scored twice to tie this game, we're going on to a power play with a chance to take a lead late in the period to right. so we just gave up a power play goal in the final minute, now we're down again. That was a real backbreaker.
1: You know, and I thought that early in the third they were doing okay. They were giving themselves some chances. And again, going back to the shorty, that was a that was a, a backbreaker too, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. You that, know, I mean, whenever you give up a shorty, uh, you know, especially when you're thinking, Okay, we're on the power play, we got a chance at it now at three two and then have that happen. It was that was rough to, that was rough go. Yeah. Um, and then I think the last goal was on a three-on-one that took yeah. place. Yeah, uh, so a couple of mistakes here and there, but unfortunately ended up hurting the Yellow Jackets as they lose five to three. They rebounded though against UW River Falls. In that game, the Yellow Jackets got goals from Dylan Johnson at sixteen thirty-seven on assist from Pavel Macazanik and Charles Martin, and that was a power play goal. And then they got an even strength tally from Will Blake on an assist from Martin at nineteen twelve. So the Yellow Jackets scored both their goals in the second period, and then held on from there. To win it two to one, um, the River Falls game, the Yellow Jackets were all shot 27-20 with Oscar Spencer making twenty six stops. But that was a good
0: win to go on the road. I think it, it think was. It yeah, yeah. They, you know, traditionally they played since that building was remodeled. We played pretty well there, yeah. and they did. Uh, they they had a nice game there on on Wednesday. I I'll ask Coach about it in the pregame tonight. I would have liked to have seen maybe a touch more of aggressiveness in the third period. Yeah. because I felt like they were. They were sitting back a little too much for my liking, but I don't know if that was by design, if that was something that right. he that he wanted them to do or not. But aside from that, no, the effort was good. They they played a nice structured game. It was a good a good win for them. They needed that. Yeah, I only got a chance
1: to see the third period. Um, I didn't get a chance to see the second period. So, um, but based on what I saw, I thought defensively they played pretty well. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really kept River Falls to the outside. Yeah, they when did. the Falcons were trying to press in. Yeah. You know, I thought they gave Oscar some good lanes so he could see the puck. No, I did. They didn't
0: yeah. have, you know, they didn't have that. Oh my God, what a great opportunity! Right? Yeah. You know, I mean, that, they kept it in the zone, but it was mostly to the yeah, outside. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't have yeah. that that chance that that really makes you think back. They just they didn't. They the jackets did a really good job of of keeping the things low percentage. Right. Yeah, and it'll make
1: hopefully for knock on wood. Uh, Interesting uh, matchup again here tonight. Right. As we uh, record this on a Friday. Men's and women's indoor track and field. The women did not compete. They will be in action this week, however. The men did compete. They competed at the second and final regular season indoor meet of the indoor season, hosted by Saints Glasgow at the Burns Wellness Commons last Saturday. They won three events on the day, did the Yellow Jackets? Tyler Finger. Won the 800 meters, went 1-2 and two with uh, Derek Moe, but uh, Finger won the 800 meters in a time of 2 minutes and 3.58 seconds, while Earl Foster took home the title in the 60-meter hurdles with a time of 9.36 seconds. In the final event, the Yellow Jackets won on the day. The 4x400-meter four relay team of Ethan Westermeyer, Derek Moe, Nate Huju, and Andrew Gabarkowitz, they finished with a time of 3 minutes 43.30 seconds to win the 4x400. Four they are off now for the this week. Women will be in action, but we'll talk more about that in the uh, final segment. So a good showing at St. Scholastica for the track team. Men's and women's tennis. Both teams open up their season with a 9-0 shutout on the men's side of Martin Luther and a 7-2 win over the Knights of Martin Luther in their season opener at Lydia Ethereum Frill House last Sunday. Yellow Jackets on the men's side got wins from Michael Janes, Gergo Potts, and Nagy. Kyle Lamont, Gus Rasmussen, Ryert Schmolling, and Clayton Turner at the singles Level as well as doubles wins from the duos of Janes and Potts and Aggie, Rasmussen and Schmoling. Is that how you say it? Schmoling? Shmo- Shom- I think it's Schmoling. Schmoling. And Anthony Michaels and Gavin Magnin. So a
0: 9 nothing shutout on the men's side. And on the women's that side. The, that is the first victory for C.J. Schaffner is it? on the men's side. Oh, he wow. got a couple on the women's side last year, but that's the first men's victory. Oh, for well, him. congratulations to him. I did yep. not know that. Women got singles. They played men's... well. Yeah, They, they played they... really well. I was, okay. I was there for a little while on Sunday, and they played really well. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, they're gonna I, make some noise. Okay. Yeah. Well, I know on the men's side they've got a nice roster. Yeah. So. They're gonna make some noise. Yeah. On the women's side they
1: got the singles wins of the L jackets from Maya Calloway, Emily Wald, Chiyono Owa Owa, and Grace Nelson. I hope I didn't butcher that name too badly. Nope. Along with doubles wins from the duos of Calloway and Owa, Wild Wald and uh, Emily uh, Olivia Roberts and Callie Olson and Nelson, and uh, they have a couple matches coming up this week. They're playing back to back days this weekend. Yeah. So. Yeah. They have a a. a an interesting weekend ahead of them. And then the women's volleyball team will be opening up here this weekend as well. And we'll talk more about all that in the final segment.
0: So It's going to be a busy week. It is. Well, weekend, knock on wood. Say. Knock on wood. It's <laughs> yeah. going to be a busy weekend. But that is the week that was for the Yellow Jackets. Some good, some bad. Yeah, and if you can keep all that straight, uh,
1: you did a good you job.
0: Did, you did better than we did because we struggled through that segment, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I'm
1: talking in circles. I don't know what's happening. I'm having technical problems with my notes. You know, it's just one of those things.
0: We'll take a timeout. We'll come back and catch up with Yellow Jacket head men's basketball coach Greg Polkowski and freshman Josh Reinertsen right after this. You are listening to Eye of the Swarm. Can I borrow the sports page? Are we sure we're ready
1: for this expansion?
0: Of course we're ready for it.
1: It's a great idea.
0: Let's celebrate with a vacation. I'm thinking Hawaii. (laughs)
2: We're ready for ya.
3: Is it okay if my friend comes with?
2: Of course. Imagination's always welcome here.
0: Bring us your best ideas. Let's see how we can help. National Bank of Commerce. Imagination's welcome. back on the eye of the swarm and I guess we are entering the round table portion of our weekly podcast as it's more from basically an interview with a coach and or a player or a player to a coach and a player so happy to be joined by yellow jacket men's basketball coach Greg polkowski and freshman Josh Reinertson and two Reinertsons now on the program so they have the family lead <laughs> as uh, we've we had Eva last year we've got him right. this year and uh you know hopefully he she raised the bar pretty high man she did. So I, I hope you got... can I big can handle
3: big it. shoes to fill for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, the older sister kind of put the put the pressure on you, man. You got to perform now. Yeah,
1: but uh, I like these round tables. I, I do going too. Really well. I do I mean, we too. Had a, I, the one we had last week was like
0: spot. It's fantastic. Yeah, it was like that was the. Speaking that. of raising the bar. Yeah, speaking of raising the bar. <laughs> so, you got a lot to live up to. Here. Well, we told, I best. think we told you guys, right, that yeah. this was going to be yeah. kind of like,
1: you, you've got a, a high bar now to clear with yeah. CJ and Maya from last week. Now you guys have got a.
0: But after I listened back, I'm like, man, that bar's really high. It is really high. <laughs> I mean, we didn't want to put like too much pressure on you guys, but... Well, you called the right people then, hopefully. <laughs> well, that's good. That's <laughs> yeah. good. But before we, we go too far down the road, though, I, I just... One, I, I do need to apologize for inadvertently saying you lost during my post-game show on Wednesday. I, I, because I I, I, I saw the tweet. Yeah, and I'm <laughs> rattling through the scores and everything in the in the post game before I sign off, and I, I'm like, they didn't lose, they won. <laughs> no worries. So reading no worries. the the yeah. live sets that they had there at Martin Luther it kind of confused me a little bit, so apologies for that. No, we're good. And man, how difficult has this been? Because if, 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 there's there's teams that have been affected, and then there's you. <laughs> yeah.
2: I'll let I can I'll let Josh uh, answer first. I can
0: let <laughs> okay, Josh. Josh there's yeah. teams that
3: have been affected, and then there's you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think just like we were talking about before, like I was looking at like North Central's schedule and stuff, and some of these, even Martin Luther, who we just played, and, like they played eleven games. North Central's played like thirteen games. All these teams have played all these games, and we've played. I think like like I say three and a half because like the one game we only had seven people um and it feels like just every every other week it feels like something's going on with our team with uh, we either close contacts or false positives or these influenza tests and all this stuff so it's definitely been a roller coaster of a season um especially with, with us here at UWS for sure. Does it make you appreciate being able to get on the court and actually play a game? Though? For sure, yeah. Yeah. I mean like it like it's never it's gotten to the point where like like our game uh last night against Northland ended up getting canceled, but like it's just gotten to the point where it's not even really a huge surprise anymore when games get cancelled. But it was definitely a lot of fun, uh even despite the the four hour drive out to Martin Luther to go out and play that game so that was good yeah from
0: from your standpoint I mean you I'm not going to ask have you ever been through anything like this because I know you haven't been yeah yeah I mean from a coaching standpoint my gosh
2: yeah I think I think that's why I was curious to uh, see what Josh thought I expected you know those would be his thoughts and uh, I would say he's accurate I, I think in in I Josh can correct me if I'm wrong. I think, uh, yeah, it's no doubt it's been a challenge. I think early on when we, um, you know, I think our first two games, it was Northland and Martin Luther uh, were our first two scheduled games, and those didn't occur. You know, there was a little bit of a letdown, and then you you kind of get ready for the next week. Okay, let's start it off, and then, and then those didn't happen, so there was a little bit more of that uh, – you know, whether you want to call it frustration or those emotions where I do think that now it's kind of to a point of, um, I don't want to chalk it up to calling it normal quite yet. I don't, I don't want to, uh, give, uh, you know, that the environment, if you will, the, the wind like that. But I think, I think it's gotten to a point where we've, we've kind of had to, I don't want to say check ourselves, but we've, we've just, you know, whether it's through conversations or just the reality of things, um, you know, we, we don't want to stay down and I'm not trying to sound coach speak on it, but we're just like Josh said, we, I mean, we were happy to take a four hour drive to uh new Orleans, Minnesota and play that basketball game. And it was great. And w- hopefully we're on track to take another four hour drive tomorrow to Morris to play a game. And, uh, and that's great. And that's, that's awesome. And that's just where the mindset's at. And, you know, hopefully Monday we play another one and next Thursday and, um, we just take those for what they are. And, uh, and just be happy about that. And I think, so I think we've kind of moved out of that stage of, to a certain degree of, of letdown. I know when the guys got the news yesterday, I'm sure there was some disappointment if you will, but I think it was kind of, again, I don't want to call it normal, but okay, let's, let's wait for Saturday and be ready to go. So I, I think we've um, just kind of just been rolling with it. And, and I think we've, we've kind of moved the needle towards just staying positive when, when, when we do have the opportunity. And I, that's how I've been feeling. I, I Josh can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I think that's what we need to do. We have to do. I mean there's really no other choice. So how have you kept him engaged? Well, we've had a lot of uh, you know I think I can I think it's fair to say this. Uh, we, we haven't stopped. I mean now that when we've had those quarantines, yes, we've stopped that way, but we've worked through um, you know we've had a lot we've probably had as many practices in the last month or six weeks in small groups uh, than we have had with the whole team. Um, so that takes a lot of time and energy for all our guys. I mean, we're, in co- I would say we've, I mean, we've been in communication every single day. I mean, I think, I think you have to keep looking for. There's, There's been some conversations of understanding and, and uh, you know, hey, this is tough, cause it is. I don't think you can't acknowledge those thoughts and feelings in reality. Um, you guys feel it as well. It's obviously altered your um, lives or roles within within the athletic department and in our program. But I think we just you keep looking ahead, and that that is co- total coach speak. But I that's that's the truth too. You know, we, we got yesterday's game called off, so you know immediately the the first message was you know we start preparing for Morris. So uh, that's all we can do. And uh, but we haven't been hanging out at the pool. <laughs> I can tell you that. I mean, it's still been a, <clears throat> a basketball mindset. You've, we've looked for those opportunities to keep it light and free-flowing. I, I think we've maybe talked about this at on an on a earlier time. I think those are hard to come by, too. I think your best opportunities for that are to get on a bus. you know? And um, to get on a bus, though, you've got to play a game. So we just keep, we just keep <laughs> looking for those opportunities. So. And from a player standpoint,
0: I was a college athlete. He, you get tired of practice after a while. Because the hard part was then was always that mid September to the end of October lead up where you're practicing and you're practicing and you're practicing. And you're practicing and you get sick of playing against your your teammates. Yeah. And you want to go play their competition. You guys just can't seem to get through that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think like like obviously a lot of guys, especially this season, I think have struggled with, you know, like all the practice for like what are we doing it for you know but I think like like Greg said like you got to be ready um for 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 a game if it happens so I mean like as as tiring or as old as it gets playing against the same people every day like it's something you got to do and um I mean it it makes us better and uh then hopefully by the time we get to the get to a real game then we're prepared so I mean as as hard as it is like it's something that you just have to do, and in, in order to be ready for when the real game comes.
2: And we, we—I'll uh, just add to that, and I agree with Josh. I think what is—you look at it, you know, just from afar. We did start earlier with practice this year on October 1st. We did have a little—we had a shutdown there in the middle. Um, you know, I just—I just looked at the date. I mean, we played our last game of last season when we lost in the playoffs. One year ago, to the day, to, we'd probably get on the bus right now, um, to the day, and uh, we're still going. There's still more seasons, so I think with the extremely young group we have that is you know, mostly 18 and 19 years old, you're going to hit a little wall regardless of, uh, had we played 28 games by now or whatnot of just the grind of that season, and the length, and all the practices. Uh, so I think you hit that wall no matter what, but it has been a little different this year. You don't have the games to break it up, um, but I think with our group as well, you know, we we have such a young team that there's competition nonstop within our team of, you know, whether it's finding those roles, whether it's guys, you know, competing for, for, for bigger roles. So I don't think that is stopped, but we have been doing it for um, what is uh, five months now. So, yeah, there is there is some repetition behind it, no doubt. So
1: That's that's really paradoxical for me in a way. I look at it as a bigger like picture um, because I did the same thing that Greg was doing. He's talking about going on the playoffs last year. I looked back and I thought about at the end of February last year what I was doing. And I was with the women getting ready to go down to Mankato to play for a bid to the NCAA tournament. Now I'm not even sure if they're going to play, period. You know, so it's like, forget all that stuff about the NCAA tournament. Let's just play a game. How about that? You know, and I'll be honest. Uh, I watched the game against Martin Luther the other day. I am actually really surprised at how well you guys have played for the most part in actual game situations. Because this kind of, like, having games and practices and stuff in small groups, and I mean, it completely messes with your rhythm as an athlete. It completely messes with your rhythm as a coach you know, where your head's at. I mean, you're constantly trying to juggle a 5,000 different things at once who can practice with who, you know, all that kind of stuff comes into it. And for me, it would be really distracting and I would have a hard time. And I'm a former athlete as well. We're, we're all former athletes in here and Josh still is a current athlete, but I would really like, I would, I would have to take really make a, a mental effort to stay just centered and understand that, you know, we still have to play a game. We still have to perform and, you know, Having watched you guys play against Crown broadcast of that game and then watching you guys play Martin Luther, I'm really impressed with the poise you guys have shown in tight game situations especially. I mean, you guys have executed really well down the stretch of both those games. And I think it's a testament to you and your team, to be honest with you. I mean, going back to the games that you have played, you've played four of them now. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, You know, I mean, I'm I'm looking at it from a performance perspective and saying they've played pretty darn well, all things being equal, you know actually, the women, too, same thing. It's like, because these kind of situations completely mess with you, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's hard to keep your head focused on what you're doing. I suppose once you you get into a game situation, you can kind of cut it loose a little bit and say, hey, we're here, we're going to play. But at the same time, all the lead up to that, you know, where you haven't worked on every situation in the book, Mm -hmm. you know, where you're kind of drawing things up on the fly, because you haven't even installed all your offense yet, you know, and so... Things You'd like that. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, like, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's things like that. Like, on press break or, you know, a late-game situation, you know, we're down by two with, you know, 35 seconds to go. Here's what we're going to run. That stuff hasn't really come into play. You guys have to kind of make that up on the fly, and it's it's been kind of nice to see you guys and very impressive for me as a broadcaster to see you guys be able to still
2: perform against Crown and Martin Luther the way you, you did. Yeah, no, I I, I would – it's been good that we've had two games like that to just – you know, um, maximize that opportunity. I I know that's, um, the understanding of that, what I'm saying to say by that is it's, you know, we didn't go play and win by 15 or we didn't play and lose by 15. You know, we had two competitive games the last two times out and we were put in a number of situations. I think the guys did a, a great job in, in, you know, we've covered a number of things in practice for five months, but, uh, you know, and it's probably my fault too. We, we haven't covered some of these situations we've been in because, um you know probably to a fault on mine uh you know if we're gonna practice you know I know definitely for five months our guys don't want to go through situational stuff uh, all right you know, they yeah. want to compete and, and and at least get out there playing so we've sided a little bit more on structuring practice that way than than going through some of these uh situational things but again to their credit. um Um, especially with the younger group we've had we've 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 done a good job of uh finishing out those those two last games and you know that's probably been a an area we've struggled or I've struggled in a little bit the last couple years um in doing that so I think for these guys to do that you know really you know right away that that has been a good thing for sure I think that the biggest thing is that everyone's looking at the macro versus the micro
1: you know, in terms of the situation at hand. I mean, we've talked about this a little bit too, John, on the podcast about the, the macro versus the micro. This has become more of a macro situation than a micro. Because situational stuff like you guys have found yourselves in where you're a late game scenario and you're in a tight game at the end, that's very micro. I mean, that's a very, like, specific situation that you're looking at specifically. But we're looking at a lot of big picture things like, are we going to practice? Are we going to play? Who's going to be available? You know, yeah. so it's tough, I mean, to manage that difference between macro and micro. and. I'm sure Rich has had the same issues somewhat on hockey, too. It's just like, the bigger picture is, first of all, we're going to play the game. And if we do play the game, how many of our guys are going to be available? Right. You know? And, you know, let's just worry about the rest of this stuff later. (laughs) Like, that's basically, you know, and I feel like that's kind of been the the larger breakdown for everybody as to how they approach things. So, Mm -hmm. you know, seeing how you guys, though, have, again, managed the micro situations when they've come up has has been fun to see. And I don't know, John, if you feel the same way about the hockey team or not, but just for these guys, I've been I've been
0: impressed at how they played in close games this year. From the hockey side, yeah, they've. It's a little bit different, I think, because you got derailed so early, mm-hmm. and you've been practicing in pods, so you're running your practice three times a day and and things like that. And you know, Rich and Dano haven't necessarily had to deal with that. Um, there's pitfalls to that because if you do end up with a positive test mm-hmm. and there your whole team goes out right and, you yep. know instead of mm-hmm. maybe that specific pod but you know going back to your question they, they've handled it well you know there there's disappointment when you find out that a game gets canceled two fridays in a row right but you know they they yeah, they, they have handled things well and and honestly have come out and, and played well yeah for the most part you know but you you have situations too where you you get a guy who right now is going, boy, I've only got a couple points. I'm, I'm having a miserable year. You've only played five games. Yeah. And if you've, if you were, had two two points in five games in November, nobody's going to think anything of it. No. They're just going to be like, okay, you know, freshman, it's early, you know, we'll be fine. And, you know, but now they're looking at it more like, Oh my gosh, it's February. And I've only got two. Well, right. For, but for the most part, they, they get past those hurdles pretty quickly and, and they've done well. It
1: feels kind of experimental
0: in a way. Like well, this whole year's been an experiment,
2: in, in, you and know? To, to John's statement and to what you just said, I, I think and I'm not looking past uh, practice this afternoon um, or, you know, game tomorrow. But I, I just think, you know, we said this at our first meeting this fall, you know, we don't have any seniors. Um, we have the potential to return the whole team. Um you know we and i've i've only made this statement once or twice cuz again we keep the focus on what's right in front of us but this is going to be connected to next year i hope not these conditions but these experiences and you know you talk about those situational games we've been in that's that's great experience for these guys for our team it's going to be connected to next year and there's a lot of positives that are going to come from this i i know that it's uh, hard to maybe see those right now but i feel extremely adamant about that that there's a lot of good things that are going to come from this and you talked about the you know the game the last two Fridays being canceled for hockey I mean there's going to be positives I mean when we do roll into a uh you know get to a more of a flow I mean how refreshing is that going to feel and um you can you you may hopefully be able to see guys even even you know catapult even further so I I do think there's a lot of positives that are occurring that will come that we don't even know about yet um and and I know it's hard to even say that because that's not what that's not what is right in front of you, but that is what I feel. That is what I think.
1: I tend to agree, and I don't know, Josh, if you feel it feels like it's almost like a lead into next year, really. Yeah, you know, like this is, <clears throat> you know, this is a preview. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about we go to movies and stuff in the theater. We have not for a long time now, but you know, in a current <laughs> circumstances, but you know, when you go to the theater, they always play like previews, and this it, is what you know. This has almost been like a teaser, you know, in a way for hopefully what will be twenty one twenty two will be a better year and I that's kind of the way I've kind of approached it now as a broadcaster. That this is all kind of I don't want to say it's auditions or anything like that but it's kind of a leading preview for what we hopefully will see as a full season in 2122. That's the way I look at it. I don't know Josh if that's the way you look at it as a yeah. freshman coming in. No,
3: or... I mean I think like like you guys have mentioned like it is hard to kind of take positives out of what this season has been so far but I think you know the biggest positive is kind of like it is kind of a preview and it is kind of like an experiment for what's to come because I think as this year like as much as it does count like it doesn't really you Mm -hmm. know and so I think the fact that we play any games is a good thing and the the practice that we get you know to build build that chemistry with each other and you know learn how um each other plays and everything like that and so I think if anything like that's the biggest thing I, I'm taking away from it is you know getting this this chance to build chemistry with other guys on the team and you know play however many games we get to play and then you know just be be ready and get better over the offseason and you know see what we can do in the our first you know real season hopefully next next year so it's exciting for sure yeah it's about i think building momentum at
1: this point you know into going into like what we hope will be again a 21 22 full season season. yeah (laughs) exactly and that's i think that's across the board right for everybody yeah you know that's kind of the way i'm looking at it anyway Mm -hmm. and greg i don't know like it sounds like you feel the same way pretty much
2: yeah, and I, I think um, you know we're, we're in an interesting spot. You know, even as we as we film or not film as we record this right now, because as Josh mentioned early, you know we've played three games um, or f- four games, three with our full team, and that's that's played over the course of multiple weeks here. And our schedule has been, you know, I believe about over a month or a month long, but we've played three. To four games, however you want to call it, we played four games. Our team has played four games, but what may come in the next ten days—if I'm doing my math correctly—you know, ten, let's say even fourteen. You know, if we can get through this conference tournament and things stay on on schedule, we may play that many or more games in the coming week or two. So, right. how we feel about things now um, and what we know, I think we we feel strongly about, but we may learn all of that and more in the next 10 to 14 days because we may play as many or more games than we've played in the last six weeks. So right, I, I yeah. think that, um, and hopefully that is the case. Um, so, yeah, I agree. And I, I think there's still a lot more information to, uh, to to that. Hopefully we have the chance to take in over these next two weeks. And, uh, um, you know, we see where we're at then. But, no, it's been good. I mean, it's been, um, you know, I don't I don't think anybody will say that they want to be in this situation. obviously nobody has but the relationship Josh and I have had, the relationship I have had with all of our guys and, and them with one another, because of these conditions, you can't simulate that any other way than to go through a pandemic. So we have this experience together that hope, um, you know hopefully that's something we don't keep doing but it we've been in some conditions you couldn't you couldn't get in any other way. Um, so that's what I mean by those positives. And I, I think there's things to take out of that and guys responding to adversity and, uh, guys helping one another. Mm -hmm. And, and those are situations that you can't get in any other way, you know, and having to be creative different ways. So, um, you know, those are all positives and, and that's, it's hard to see those right now. Um, but that, that, that's how we have to look at it. And that's the truth.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. So as you, you go into these last couple of weeks, what, what do you, what what do you want to see? What do you want to be able to pull out of these last couple of weeks as you move into your off season, then your preseason when everybody comes back in the fall? What What are you looking to
2: get? Yeah, I think. I mean, I think the obvious answer, uh, but maybe not the most important thing is. is you know, we've we've had we've we've been able to build here a little bit recently. You know, we we're gonna step into a different zone uh, with with our upcoming opponents of um, being tested more. Um, so, yeah, well, you want to see us perform. I think is Josh men- mentioned there is some building chemistry and flow within our team. Um, we want to see ourselves build upon that and hopefully, you know, that results in succeeding with wins. But and that will be a momentum builder into the offseason. But I, I think too, and you know, as we enter March and we know um, what this time of year usually feels like and the excitement that can come with it, um, and you can't you can't simulate that any other way. I, I hope we get a taste of that. I hope we can get on a little roll here. And guys, you know, guys know what that feels like. They know what tournament play can feel like in March. And even with they not being fans, even with Knowing that there's not a berth to the NCAA tournament, you know I, I hope this UMAC tournament can play out clean and and we get a little taste of what we know March and playoff basketball can feel like because uh, you can't simulate that any other way either. There's no way. Um, so I hope our guys can experience that and experience the the joy, if you will, that comes along with that. So I, I just I hope we get um, I hope we get to put ourselves in that situation. So that's that's what I'm looking for these next two weeks and. Those two things combined, I think, will be great things for us to go into the off season with.
3: How about you, from a player standpoint? I echo what he said. Yeah, I think obviously, just I hope to play a few more basketball games before the season is over. Um, and I mean, if the I hope that everyone can you know stay healthy and stuff, so the tournament, the UMAC tournament, can happen, and then you know, hopefully, we can just you know do our thing and and what in the games we have left but yeah I, I agree with what what he had to say yeah. Speaking of testing it
0: is Friday when we're recording this and I know <laughs> you guys have to go and get yourselves tested so we know you're clean and you can play tomorrow so Greg Polkowski Josh Reinerson thanks for stopping by good thank luck you. with your tests. No, Thank you
2: John Matt thanks again for uh, having us it's always fun and uh, yeah hopefully we'll have a game to report on uh, tomorrow so thank sure. you.
0: Looking forward to it. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more of I Have the Swarm right after this.
3: Workers Island Inn is now hiring and there's a position just for you. Apply for front desk, housekeeper, bartender, server, cook, and dishwasher. We are hiring great people like you. Call or click for more information and apply today.
0: Final segment of this week's Eye of the Swarm, and uh, we touched on it a little bit in the open, Matt. But uh, we could have a lot of games coming up if we things could. go according to plan, which we've learned in twenty, and twenty, and twenty-one. They don't. I feel like, but I, if they do, we got a lot of games coming up.
1: Yeah, yeah, no kidding, right? I mean, I feel like there could be a lot happening, or there could not be anything happening all at the same time. So Correct. it's a very weird situation we find ourselves in. Um, I don't know what else to say about it. There's a <laughs> lot
0: of action scheduled for Saturday. There is, there a is lot
1: a lot of it, um, and hopefully we, we get haven't it had all.
0: a day like this in a long time.
1: Yeah, hopefully we get it all in. Yes, because yeah, there's supposed to be what four events that day. If I if we get them all in for the teams, I mean, we have four teams playing that day on Saturday. Yeah, meaning well, tomorrow.
0: Yeah. Well, if I let me see if I can round this. Men's and women's basketball. There. Well, I'm, tr- I'm trying to do this by time. Okay. Um, the day will start. I believe with men's and women's tennis, okay. At that's o- right. At Eau Claire. and then women's track and field, softball. Ooh, that's right. I think it might be six now. You know, about the it. two basketball teams,
1: and volleyball. Right. So that's so, six, I think. The softball.
0: Is softball play tomorrow. Yes, they are. I said softball. Oh wow, I didn't even know that. Yes, softball plays tomorrow too. Oh wow. Yes. Where are they, Who are they supposed to be playing? They're playing Stout tomorrow at the uh, the dome in Mankato. Okay. Is that a doubleheader? Yep. Okay. See, that's not on my on my
1: list, but yep. we'll we'll add that nope, in. No, so, softball starts. Softball is playing Stock tomorrow. Softball's in action too. Okay. So. Okay, yeah. So that means that we have I think by my count that'd be seven then. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. Be a lot of lot of recaps being written after after volleyball tomorrow. Yeah, you guys are uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Limber the fingers up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Make sure you get those finger exercises yep. in there because you're gonna
1: need them. You're gonna need them. Holy cow. Okay, yep. well we'll start with the games that I do have yeah. on the, on the <laughs> schedule here. Uh, men's basketball is supposed to be on the road tomorrow taking on Minnesota Morris as you heard uh, Coach Polkowski and Josh Reinertson uh, uh, so eloquently put it they're supposed to be playing supposed to be playing tomorrow at Minnesota Morris 3 p.m. the opening tip there and then they're off to I'm not sure what the UMAC conference tournament or are there going to be some makeup games No
0: they're they're going to utilize Monday as a makeup date for everybody okay so I don't know what the schedule is going to look like yet okay but I'm Both our men's and women's basketball teams will be playing Monday. We just don't know who or where.
1: Okay. For that, more information on that, UWS Jackets. I would
0: imagine the women will be going to Crown because that's their one game that they can make up that had been postponed. And then the men would either be hosting Northwestern or going to St. Scholastica.
1: Okay. Okay. So, again, UWS Check out the website to find out who and when they'll be playing. Um. On Monday, but as it is right now, what we know for sure is that they're supposed to play tomorrow at Minnesota Morris 3 p.m. The opening tip down there women's basketball flip flopping it. They'll be they're supposed to host Minnesota Morris tomorrow, 3 p.m., and I'll have a pregame show. I think I'm going to start doing those about 20 minutes now since we got some added underwriters. So that'll be probably about a 240 pregame. Usually, I'd say 245, but 3 p.m. The opening tip, Yellow Jackets and the Cougars for their one and only meeting. And again, they have a game coming up on Monday. Um UWSYellowJackets.com, again, check it out. Find out where they're playing and who they're playing or vice versa, whatever it might be. Who, what, when, where. Yep, exactly. Women's Hockey is going to be playing at UW-Eau Claire. They're actually playing or on their way there as we record this. So they don't have anything else on the schedule, though, between now and Wednesday. They play a game next Wednesday. They play but, a game Wednesday evening. Yeah, but uh, we'll talk about that in the next podcast. Mm-hmm. At least that's the plan. So... All we got for them in the next week before we go back on the air, knock on wood, is uh, the game that they're on their way to right now. So UW-Eau Claire on the road, 2 p.m., down at Hobbs Eye Serena today. And then uh, same story for men's hockey, although they are actually playing a night game. They're uh, hosting UW-River Falls tonight. Again, fingers crossed, knock on wood. 7 p.m., the opening faceoff from – Westman Arena against the Falcons 6:40 the pregame with my 630. partner 6:30 6:30 full half hour doing a full game. half
0: hour I want to try something here so
1: oh there you go we're well, going to well, try something changing up on me
0: I am I am <laughs> had a little conversation with Elliot about it and gonna gonna try a little something here so I wow I wanted to see if we
1: you're temp- you know what you're, you're you're I know I
0: have enough content to fill so I just I.
1: I'm gonna start doing I think twenty game 20 yeah. minutes too. We're
0: gonna too, we're because. gonna we're gonna see if we can do a full half hour. Yeah.
1: Just because of you know, things that have taken place on the broadcast side for me and John. We've got more to do now. So yep. um anyway, six thirty the pregame. Cross out that six forty. See your change is up on me and I get confused. Sorry, man. Oh, jeez. I when forgot I to insult again? you. <laughs> the women now we go back to Saturday, what else is happening? Another team in action. It'll be the UMAC championships for the women's indoor Track and field team. They're hosting them at the Lydia Thuring Field House, 12 noon. Action gets underway. That's going to be interesting to see how that's handled because of just it, the logistics of trying to keep everybody away from each other. In I don't the think offense.
0: it's going to be. Well, we we've hosted them twice already. Yeah, though. it's just a very strange. thing. It's all the though. same like, teams. Yeah, you know, because we've only hosted UMAC teams, so it's it's basically just the third meet of what so, we've already hosted.
1: It's so strange though because you're used to seeing like ticket takers and concessions and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, and, then, and when they're not competing, like, there's nobody there. Right. <laughs> you know, yep. so they're wandering around superior when they're not, you know, and I don't know where they're going or what they're doing, but they're, I can tell you this they're not in the field house. Right. So there are track and field athletes all over the place. We just won't be <laughs> seeing them all the time. Um, but yeah, 12 noon tomorrow, UMAC championships. And then the men will be in theirs uh, the following week. Mm-hmm. This time at Saints Galactica. So. There you have it. Men's and women's tennis, busy, busy, busy. Yep. Uh, They have a crazy next 48 hours. Yep. Um, They are on the road taking on UW-Eau Claire tomorrow down in Eau Claire, 11 a.m., and then they'll get on the bus, come right back, and then they'll host Bethany Lutheran on Sunday, or at least they're scheduled to, knock on wood. 11.30 a.m. will be the second conference match of uh, 2021 for Coach C.J. Schaffner in the Yellow Jackets again, eleven thirty a.m. I know those going to be on iFan again. Are they going to do yes. the same thing? Yep, okay. they're
0: on iFan. Okay, a lot and of positive feedback on the. Uh, yeah, did it look good? I didn't even. I didn't get a chance yeah, to look at it it. Was, it. it was good. Yep.
1: Okay. Well, and I'll, I'll take your word for it. Yep. Okay, and then women's volleyball. We talked about it a little bit, but they're supposed to play Northern College again. Knock on wood. I feel like we're saying that a lot because that's just not you me. are saying it a lot. You don't. You're not feeling like you are. You are. Yeah. Because you have to, right? Yeah. But they're supposed to play Northern College in a non-conference match tomorrow. At the Merch, that's supposed to be the game two of a doubleheader for me on the air following the women's basketball broadcast of the Yellow Jackets hosting Minnesota Morris. Then it'll take a two-hour break, uh, thereabouts. Uh, and the Yellow Jacket women's volleyball team finally, at long last, going to open up their season against Northland College. Lumberjills coming to town 7 p.m., the opening tip, and I'll be on with the pregame starting about by about 640, 645, somewhere in that range. Somewhere in the 640 to 645 range on that one. And then, of course, we already talked about softball,
0: softball as well. Yep, down at the the Mavericks Sport Dome, I think they call it. Yeah, UMD already played a couple games down there. something like that. Yeah, they're yeah. going down there. Bethany Lutheran is hosting a little get-together of some teams, and it normally would have been their tournament, I think. Is it like a round-robin, or is it just a
1: one-day event? No, it's
0: just a one-day thing for us. We're down there, we're playing stout twice, and that's it. Okay. So I, I think 11.30 first pitch okay. for Coach Fracker. Yeah, team. I was going to ask you if it was going to be a morning Yeah, uh, I think opening. it's 11.30 first
1: pitch. Okay, so a doubleheader down there, and yep. so Blue Devils and the Yellow Jackets and softball, so yep. that's everything Seven teams in action tomorrow.
0: Yeah, seven teams in action tomorrow, then the Nine in the next two days. <laughs> the potential for basketball on Monday or the tennis on Sunday, potential for basketball Monday. Uh, well, there will be basketball. It's potential for it to be at home. And then you, you move into UMAC postseason play. Yeah, which well, you know, that, that ramps up on Thursday of next week, so. Yeah, you it's, know, it's 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 going to be coming fast and furious. Fast and furious. For well. uh,
1: more information on that, of course, as usual, uwsljackets.com. We've already plugged it a couple of times. Yeah, but we, honestly, we stand on top of The schedule
0: changes pretty pretty regularly there, so yeah, you know, between that and and Twitter, you should be able to find just about everything you need to know about games and yep. being canceled, postponed, and all that. Yep. But uh, yeah, hopefully, 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 we get all this in. Hopefully, we can get this all in. It'll be. It would be a good accomplishment for us to be able to get all these games in. I've got double-fingers crossed right, right now as I say this. Know, get the uh, get Matt on the air so we can stop saying knock on wood. And
1: Yes. <laughs> I promise I won't say it in my pregame or my postgame or during the actual
0: game. Appreciate that.
1: Unless it comes from a free throw or something. <laughs> Late in the game maybe to win or I don't know. Or serving out a you know an ace or something like that. Right. Or 24-23 set or something like that. No, I, I kid. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like, though, that's like the big phrase right now is, is knock on wood because it's – it's, it's so up in the air. Right. In the last couple of weeks, you and I have been trading texts about our respective games being postponed or texts where we're trying not to <laughs> be too, yep. you know, positive mental attitude, like yeah, that's I said, right. you know. That's so, right. Uh, we're trying to maintain positive mental attitude and hopefully everybody back home
0: that listens to us too will uh, follow suit. He is the, the big sound, Matt Johnson. Our engineer is Elliot Sweary. I am John Garver and we look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you for listening to Eye of the Swarm.